My name is Scott Challoner, and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we are joined on today's programme by Beverly Wood, the owner and creative director of BWD Limited, a company which offers imaginative ways to utilise space and works across all areas of the design sector from commercial interiors to outdoor spaces too. Um, Bev, a very warm welcome to you this morning and by all means, thanks for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure having you with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for the invitation. It's very kind of you. No, it's a pleasure for me welcoming you onto the uh, the programme, Bev. And uh, obviously, just for those uh, listeners tuning in that might not be familiar with you, I've given kind of a brief overview as to sort of yourself and uh, your business. But if you could just expand upon that for us and just tell us a bit about yourself and what it is you do in your own words, that would be uh, fantastic. No, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, well, I've been in the creative sector for 35 years. And I know the agenda at the moment, or the government agenda, is about STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and maths. I've been desperate to keep the A in STEM, so it would become STEAM. <laughs> so um, my agenda is very much about keeping art, culture, and creativity and innovation alive in industry. Um, it's very easy to default to technical-based subjects at the expense of allowing creativity to flourish and Mm. uh, really businesses are driven with creativity so um, I really do bang that drum and have been for 35 years so uh, still banging it. Yeah, certainly seems the uh, the case. And so uh, just thinking about kind of uh, your work in uh, design, um, I can imagine that given that you've been in the uh, the sector for quite a long time, you've probably learned quite a lot as you've sort of progressed through the industry and sort of moved into sort of starting your own business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I started life as a furniture and product designer. And when I say furniture design, it was street furniture design. And that was back mm. in the 80s in London, where I lived and uh, worked in London. And design was having a heyday in the 80s. It was fabulous. You know, uh, I had no complaints. Uh, went into the, the industry relatively easily. There was jobs aplenty for creatives. Um, sadly, that's not quite the case today. But uh, I managed to uh, get involved in design for manufacture. Um, obviously, street furniture is a very technical thing to design. You've got to consider safety. Uh, you've got to consider finger traps. You've got to think about the weather. There's a whole raft of uh, you know people tripping over these things because they're obviously in the streetscape. Uh, and then on the other side of that, I was designing consumer products. So um, the mobile phone, the first microtax flip phone, I was involved mm. in that. So that was called the Razor. Anybody remembers that on the podcast? It was many, many years ago. But um, yeah. it was a revolutionary product. It really was. It was when we carried around huge bricks and sort of hid around corners on mobile phones. You know, uh, I'm very proud of having been part of that mobile revolution. Yeah, it recalls the days of sort of the uh, the Motorola flip phone, doesn't it? It's um, it's it's a long, long time gone, of course. And now the way it's obviously smartphones are all that we really seem to uh, to know and see out there. But it, it, yeah. it's just a stark reminder, isn't it, of just how innovative these things were back then, and just how much we've sort of progressed in that time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, who'd have known that we'd be carrying effectively a portable computer in our hands? That's in essence what we're carrying, and it does everything, doesn't it? I, I don't know how many people on the call would fear of being without their mobile you know we just you know i'm taking this call today on the mobile so you know mm. 
uh, back in the day, that wouldn't have been possible. The technology wasn't advanced enough. And uh, it's people, creative people, innovative people um, in my sector that make all that happen. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's uh, essential that uh, creativity and innovation and designers uh, stay in the mix of industry. It is exactly, and uh, you've been involved, of course, in the the design of some quite incredible things by the sounds of it, Beth. So, um, thank you. What was it, uh, or what, or rather, what point was it that you thought that the path for you going forward would be to kind of go and start your own venture? Well, it was kind of a, there was. I always think when you move into business on your own, it's usually a stepping stone. So, I moved from being a product designer, furniture designer, designer for manufacture. Uh, helping a friend of mine who had a retail practice. So I probably spent a good third of my career in the retail arena. So that was getting me very close to the architectural world. So design for the built environment, so design for, you know, how you design for people, really. Um, And I suppose my user experience uh, skills came into play because I remember a good friend of mine gave me some fabulous advice and said, well, take everything you do, Bev, designing a mobile phone, fitting in the components, making sure that there was space, making sure aesthetically it looked really beautiful and scale that up. And that's exactly what I've done over the course of the latter half of my career in commercial interiors is is scale up all of that knowledge. But I'm very, very conscious of the users of the spaces that I design because they are yeah. fundamental. And I suppose that's the differentiation between myself and perhaps an architect um, in that um, I'm very, very uh, keen to ensure that the functionality of the space is is key um you know it, it has to work and yet it has to look beautiful but it has to work and be operationally correct first otherwise i think spaces do fail on that score yeah absolutely right and uh, just having had that experience of sort of you know moving <laughs> from work into building your own business in the uh, the industry um just for those sort of listeners tuning in that might be sort of the, the younger entrepreneurial mindset and might have their own idea and might want to start their businesses uh, what are some of the uh, the key practical challenges that sort of they're going to encounter initially based on your experience and what advice would you give them to kind of get around that yeah, I think I think one of the things I think all business uh, owners who are about to embark on their own venture is is probably a confidence thing. You know, I mean, I was a very confident designer. I, I was competent as well. I knew what I was doing. I had the right skills. Um, networking, absolutely build a network around you. Uh, I took on some business mentors very early on. I know mentorship now is, is very on vogue and people all have coaches and mentors, but I go back, you know, 20 years, that really wasn't the case. So I took advice from my peers, from uh, colleagues and clients who had uh, had crossed my path in my um, work life and asked their advice. You know, I think uh, don't ever be afraid to ask advice. And I think, you know, I still continue to ask advice. You know, nobody knows everything about everything. So we all have our specific skills. But seek advice um, you know plan as well plan it really carefully you know don't just jump in I know a lot of business books they all get started but which is great um, however you know you do need to make sure that you can stand the test of time so I probably spent a good two years just planning uh, the move into my own business um, and it was all done whilst I was currently in a role I was in but it meant I could do it carefully. I could decide what sector I wanted to get in. I could decide the skill set I could bring to the table. I could think about the clients I wanted. Um, and I think really that's being um, 
a strength of my business and um, I'll be celebrating our 15th year in November. Mm. So uh, two recessions and a pandemic isn't bad, is it, Scott? Uh, in terms of obstacles to get past in that period of time, no. I mean, you're 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 almost. I suppose you're probably wondering when you're going to get a little bit of respite. To be perfectly Absolutely. honest, it's on average one crisis every five years, isn't it? But uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, as well as kind of having to expect the unexpected like that and plan for those eventualities as best you possibly can. You know, business continuity and things. I suppose that um, something else that you often hear if uh, you're sort of thinking of starting a business is that, oh, you've got to get ready for sort of a few sleepless nights, particularly early on. You've got to be prepared to put the extra hours in the hard graph to really sort of get to where you want to be. Um, but something that I think um, sometimes isn't talked about enough is the importance of sort of prioritising your own well-being within that journey as well. And just just how important for you is that work-life balance um, when you're sort of running your own business? Oh, gosh, it's absolutely essential. Um, they say, you know, a healthy mind, healthy body means you've got the energy for the day. Um, I do agree that, um, you know, you have to look after yourself. It's not easy. It's it's really quite tricky when you're, you know, have all the day-to-day pressures. Um, but I think, you know, I go to the gym uh, quite frequently. In fact, I've uh, just completed my first year with a personal trainer and I, and that's really to have that kind of monkey on your back it's easy as a business owner to just say oh I can't fit it in today um, but when you've got somebody who who's there ringing you up the day before saying I'll see you in the morning it, it's that sort of uh, accountability yeah so um you know if you if you are really bad at that accountability get somebody else to make you accountable a friend a neighbor a colleague you know a running partner a buddy somebody who's going to be ringing you up and saying get your shorts on and your running trainers on and you know really um and and sort of set routines I mean I kind of like uh, I'm a good morning person so I like to get up early I write a list every day I've I've kept an A4 black and red you know these black and red bounded pads ever since I started my career and I get through probably four to six a year so they're my day pads I write in about 10 things a day at the top of that is is, is is my priority. What do I want to do today? Even if it's just a 10-minute walk, I don't know, just um, a little bit of fresh air, walk around the garden, just get out and spend some time on yourself. It's, it's so important for your um, sort of mental health as well as your physical health uh, just to be uh, careful of yourself, look after yourself. Yeah, and um, obviously, as you say, I mean, it's easy to kind of get drawn into the day-to-day pressures of running a business and sort of neglect that side of things. But I suppose what we can also do is when we do have a set of employees that we feel we're responsible for as well, I guess we kind of get sort of sucked into sort of putting their well-being first. And we maybe almost don't lead by example on well-being and we kind of neglect ourselves at the top of sort of looking after everything else, don't we? Yeah, but it's amazing how when you do prioritise, I don't know whether... uh, anybody of the real listeners uh, read this on LinkedIn but recently Mondays are obviously a difficult day you want to start your week you want to get on with your business yeah. but I booked on a sign writing course and I remember driving there it was quite uh, a long distance to drive it was good over an, over an hour and on the way there I kept thinking gosh I feel like I was playing truant <laughs> you know I really ought to be planning yeah. my week I should be getting on with my client work but this is something I'd find for myself. And it's amazing how when you set something aside for yourself, how other things happen. So during the course of this fabulous sign writing day, and I'd always wanted to do it, you know, the old fashioned kind of scripting. Mm. Um, I met a lady from a council and that's one of our uh, target areas, councils. Uh, I met some people who run their own businesses. We were sharing, you know, our sort of woes of running our own businesses. 
you know, we had a fabulous lunch and I came away with a skill um, that perfected over the day and, and something I always wanted to do. And it, and it it really gave me a boost for the rest of the week. And doing that on a Monday, I felt, first of all, I was a bit nervous about it, but actually it was probably the best idea to have done it at the beginning of the week because it set my mindset for the rest of the week. So um, I would advocate that people just take a day out, you know, even if you just want to go to the spa or take your dog for an extra long walk or just go on a hill walk or do something you've never done before. Um, just take that time out. It really does give you some energy and, and helps you rebalance uh, the rest of your uh, time at work. It does, doesn't it? I mean, it's always worth sort of taking that step back because I suppose what came out of that for you is not just the fact that you sort of picked up that skill, but it was it also provided a networking opportunity for you as well. So something again there that you perhaps didn't expect. Yes, absolutely. I think it's, um, I remember somebody telling me that proximity is power and I never really understood that. But that's around the, the, the most close people around you heavily influence you. So, um, and the ones you spend the most time with influence who you are and what you are. So, um, if you're surrounding yourself with people that inspire you, then you're going to be inspired. So, um, yeah, that whole proximity is power thing and, and, and you know, uh, taking those times out to look after yourself as well as the business it is absolutely essential. It is. And um, I suppose stepping back in a lot of contexts can be quite difficult for business leaders, can't it? And um, something that. Oh, yeah. um, I've particularly um, sort of discovered um, from some of the interviews that I've had on this podcast over the last couple of years since we've been running the show is that um, those young entre- entrepreneurs who are building maybe their own business and it's getting to a point where, you know, they're entering scale up, but they find it really difficult to sort of step back from the day to day, delegate responsibility and move into that more strategic role. So that is also something that can be a little bit of a psychological challenge. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Well, I actually took some other time out on Friday just recently. I attended it. It was a NatWest event, but it was about mindset mastery by a fabulous chap called James Burke. If you don't get have a chance to see him, you ought to see him. He's incredibly energetic. Mm. We turned up with uh, blindfolds on the table and lots of kind of weird stuff that business owners we sort of cringe about. But um, it was about, you know, just readjusting who you are and what you are and how you work through your week or your your sort of plan um, and the whole get moving, get get your healthy, get yourself healthy, eat well, sleep well, um, look after yourself it is, is the best preparation for running a business. Um, you know, if you're at the top of your game physically and mentally, then you're going to make sure your business is at the top of its game. So um, I think that whole, you know, you have a choice to do how you what you have a choice to do what you want to do make sure that choice includes looking after yourself. Um, it's really, really important. And especially the older you get and the longer you are in business, you can just become very um, routine-based where you feel like you have to be always on it. And yes, you do have to be on it uh, when you run a business. But, um, you know, you can also delegate. You can also share responsibility. You can also seek help. Um, there's lots, lots of people, um, people like being asked for their advice and their help. And I think that's not, um, exercise enough with young startups you know ring these people who've been in business a long time ask them how they did it and um, they're more than happy to help 
Exactly that. And uh, that's part of the reason that we really started this podcast as well, to really kind of inspire that next generation and really share some pearls of wisdom. And I think there have been plenty certainly shared on this particular podcast uh, today, Bev, that's for sure. Um, certainly based on the experiences that uh, that you've had as well. And uh, just sort yeah. of thinking about uh, sort of that uh, kind of next step. I mean, we are in a very kind of difficult environment economically. So um, what would you say some of the uh, the pressing priorities are for your business um, sort of moving into the into the future? I suppose it's um, it's planning how you uh, exit business, and and I don't think I'll ever exit mm. the design world or the creative world. Or, but obviously, I started off as a consultant. Um, that that was my game to set up. I was a sole trader in the beginning. I moved rapidly to become a limited company, and then started employing people. So I moved into a sort of agency model. And I think if you look at the sort of passing of time, um, I'm looking now to kind of go back into that consultancy role where I can add value and help others. So um, I've just recently written um, a retail strategy for Buxton for the pump houses, how they maximise their retail offer in what is a heritage setting. So um, heritage settings, there's lots of those up and down the country, and they're under great pressure to uh, be economically viable. So you don't have to destroy the heritage to make them economically viable. You just need to know how to uh, monetize some of the value that those places can deliver. So um, writing uh, strategies around retail and, and, you know, sort of communicating the skill I have and the knowledge I've learned over the years in industry to disseminate that to others is something that I'm keen to do. So moving into a world of... um, consulting again I think is probably in my next step in the business uh, so that um, I can probably work uh, through more projects at the moment our projects are very turnkey they're sort of concepts right through to completion so we get involved in the build side Um, so getting involved in more of the front end the strategic the planning the thought process is something that I'm looking to move towards in in the near future. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And uh, it ties into something that uh, somebody on this program very recently said in a, in a great interview about sort of leadership more broadly. And um, I think his definition of leadership was that it has to involve a little bit more of a sort of coaching and a development element. And sometimes people kind of get leadership and management sort of crossed over in a sense. And that seems to be sort of the next thing that you're sort of looking to do, Bev, sort of go and help others be that sort of coaching presence, help develop people and sort of use those skills to sort of bring people forward and sort of make them better, make them improve and help them in their business? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm all, I've already started that process in a role that I have at the University of Central Lancashire in Preston. So I work part-time with the students and my role there is to mm. business opportunities for students. I broker, I bring industry to the students. And that, that's for two reasons. One is there's an absolute disconnect between young people and industry um, uh, there's almost like a language barrier so to try yeah. and broker that you put the two groups together but moreover it's helping bridge um, recruitment gaps it's giving networking opportunities to the young people at the university and it's also um, punctuating their degree courses with real life learning this is industry led uh, briefs, industry led projects so um that's a, a program I'm running called the Creative Innovation Zone, and it's actually on LinkedIn. We have a, a LinkedIn page, so if anybody would like to follow us on the, the Creative Innovation Zone, you'll get to find out more about that work. Um, but that is almost playing into this consultancy role in that um, I'm um, helping 
the next generation of creatives, the next generation of students, and from all disciplines as well, Scott, not just design. So um, would you believe some of the most talented students I've worked with recently were nurses? Mm. So, you know, creativity and innovation comes in all forms and, and, and not necessarily from the obvious disciplines. So it's been quite enlightening for me. Yes, I can certainly imagine so. And I think you are so right that there is a disconnect between sort of young people and industry. I mean, I think you only need to look at the uh, the long-standing skill shortages we see in a lot of industries. I mean, that's just in- indicative of that, isn't it? Um, the disconnect that we Absolutely. see there. Um, exactly right. And it's good, of course, that we're kind of looking to sort of address that in some uh, some very key areas. And uh, also just for everybody as well who's uh, tuning into this particular programme, if anything that uh, myself and uh, Beverly have discussed particularly resonates with you, um, you can leave a comment uh, with us. Um, via leaders council or one word.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us as well um, or you can even apply to be on the program yourself to share your perspective via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and it could be you on the program next um, Bev um, it has been absolutely fantastic welcoming you onto the uh, the show and um, a real pleasure having you with us uh, but just before we uh, we uh, wrap things up um, if we could look ahead sort of 12 months from now where do you see yourself what's uh, Beverly Wood going to be doing uh, this time next year? Uh, I'll probably still be helping uh, young people bridge that gap with industry. That's um, a real passion of mine to, to, to help young people. And the other passion is to really start to look at the heritage sector and how we can keep our beautiful buildings, our amazing heritage that we have here in the UK, and make it viable by wrapping uh, retail around the heritage sector offer so uh, that gives the viability because uh, people can spend money in these places uh, and also uh, enjoy the rich history that they uh, provide. Um, and obviously that helps with maintaining them, ongoing um, longevity of these places. So certainly the next um, sort of five years, I want to focus on that particular sector. Um, I'm absolutely passionate about history and heritage. Yeah. I probably, if I hadn't have been a designer, I'd have been a historian. So <laughs> it plays to that strength. It certainly does. And um, I'd love to perhaps welcome you back onto the show in future when you're getting stuck into uh, that side of things and see how it's all coming together for you. Um, and uh, for now, Bev, uh, thanks ever so much again for taking the time to join us. It's been fantastic having you with us on the uh, the programme. And um, yes, yeah, so let's certainly uh, catch up in future. That's lovely, Scott. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners. I hope um, something I've said has resonated with you. And uh, please connect on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Bev is uh, present on uh, LinkedIn as well. And I'm sure you'll be able to find links to her business there as well, BWD Limited, if you are looking to find out a little bit more about what the company does. Um, For now, everybody, you have been tuning into the Leaders Council podcast. I've been your host, Scott Challoner, and it's been an immense pleasure to welcome Beverly Wood from BWD Limited as my guest on today's programme. Until next time, all, please do take care and goodbye. Thank you.